Hey, this is Tom Kiefer, and you're rocking on the Brutally Delicious Podcast. Hey, you're listening to the Brutally Delicious Podcast. I'm Bruce. And I'm Christopher. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus. (laughs) Today we've got a fantastic one lined up for you. Uh, One of... One of my favorite uh, players and singers, Tom Kiefer from Cinderella. Now he's been on his own doing his uh, solo thing for a number of years. And I know you've been looking forward to this as well. Oh, man. This guy changed my life. With I, I saw the Heartbreak Station tour. I think I was in grade 10, maybe. I didn't have my license yet, so I was about 15. And uh, at that point in time, I'd never seen a band that good live ever. Right. And they were so... Really? They were so tight. It was insane. And not only that, they had all the 80s tricks, like swinging the guitars around their heads. Oh, yeah. You know? And the big hair and the whole thing. Oh, yeah. And like, fuck, Tom Kiefer, he's bringing out grand pianos and lap steels. And he had all these guitar changes. It was just a monster show. And I felt bad for them at the time because that tour came through two weeks before, or yeah, Three weeks before, uh, White Snake came the next week, I think. Then Poison mm-hmm. came the week after that. Then Motley Crue came the week after that. So Cinderella, wow. and they had like a, a eighteen thousand seat venue. There's only about five thousand people there. Right, everybody saved their money for the other ones. Yeah, and that White sucks. Snake was. I went to all of them, of course, but White Snake was empty too. But, really? Yeah, but man, and White Snake played like it was empty. But Cinderella played like it was the most sold-out show you've ever seen in your life. Like, I mean, was, that's the thing. That's the way to do it, right? We talk to a lot of people, and a lot of them always say that. Whether there's one person in the crowd or 500,000, the show's a show, and you got that one person paid their money to get in. So, Yeah, who was it? Giannis that we talked to. Yeah. That said, you know, I don't care. We're, if you're a professional musician, you go out and you put on a show. That's your job. Right. Yeah. That is. But anyway, so the last Tom Kiefer album, I was me and my son Colin. We loved it. We listened to it a lot. But this one, Rise, we got the advanced copy, and boy, hot damn! It's so raw and bluesy and rocky and oh, I couldn't. I love it. when I put that song on. Uh, what's the name of that song now? Death of Me is the one that's got me. Which which one? You won't be the death of me. Yeah, death of me. That's it. That is fucking crazy the first time i yep. hit play on that in the car when they sent us the the, the music i i just i was like is this tom Kiefer?" you know <laughs> right like, it sounded so modern like you expect these 80s guys to keep doing 80s stuff but he's really not and it's got a way good groove to it i mean you, you can't help but move along with it so it's really good stuff oh yeah and you you can hear that he's influenced by the blues still but to me, it kind of seemed like he went back to the rock origins of where he came from, mixed it with the blues a little bit, and moved it to a new age. Like, that's the only way I can really describe it. I think I like it a lot because it's not overproduced. It's really raw. Yeah, it is raw. And and that's something that, that you don't hear these days very much. We'll have to ask him about it when we get him on the line. Yeah, okay. This is a disclaimer. Portions of this program were pre-recorded. <laughs> that works just fine. <laughs> we had to record on the phone. So, 
because Tom wouldn't phone us on Skype. Uh, yep, so neither would uh, neither would Tom Maxwell. They both said no. So yeah. So I guess they don't want putzes like us having their Skype handle. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, Tom, I just had a question. Right. You want to listen to my demo? <laughs> <laughs> right. We'll, we'll be bothering forever. Hey, you want to come to my kid's birthday party? Yeah, yeah. Oh, you're coming to town? Can I get on the guest list? <laughs> For me and my cousins and my aunt, who's been a fan since the 80s. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so just if At any rate, let's go ahead and get him on the line and uh, see what he's got to say. All right. Hello. Hey, Chris. Hey, Bruce. Hey, we've got Tom. Are you there? Yes, I'm here. Tom, meet my partner, Chris. Hey, Tom. Hey, Chris. How are you doing today? Thanks for taking the time, man. I appreciate it. Sure. So, so uh, I just uh, took a listen to the new record over the last few days, and I just got to congratulate you, man. That thing is pounding. Oh, thank you. Very much appreciate it. Uh, the video for Death Will Be really, it really kind of took me back, you know, the way you started out with like the record scratch and you're talking about your vocal surgeries and, and going through that, I wasn't really expecting, like when the, when the video starts, I wasn't expecting such a heavy song like that. Um, to me, I think it's probably one of the best songs I've heard this year easily. <laughs> I appreciate I appreciate that. Um, we were pretty happy with how that one came out. Um, it has a simplicity to it, but um, the lyrics uh, spoke to, um, I think, it needing kind of a dark, heavy riff and music. So um, Savannah actually wrote most of that lyric, and she handed it to me one day, and I just heard that dissonant, heavy riff starting to play because it felt like it went with the lyrics, and the next thing we knew, we had that song, and uh, we felt like it was a, a, a good song for people to find strength in their adversity and be able to kind of be an anthem to overcome your challenges. So uh, we came up with the idea of that intro um, to, by way of example, put some of my challenges on the screen on that television because they've been, uh, you know, fairly well known through the years in, in the press, some of the things that I've gone through. And it right. felt really good to smash them, you know, and it really yeah. did so... So, like I said, mine are just by way of example. The fans are familiar with a lot of my challenges, but they've got their own, too. So I encourage people to watch that video to envision their own their own challenges on that screen and just smash the hell out of them because the, the power of visualization is really, really strong, and it really felt good that day to do that. Right on. <laughs> you, know, you know, I have to be honest with you. I didn't know that you were going through that stuff. And, like, about a month and a half, two months ago, on YouTube, this interview with you randomly came up where you're talking about going through all these vocal surgeries and, and doing all this stuff. And I was just like, holy man, anyone else would quit at this point. You know, where did you find that strength to just kind of keep going? Or is that just how you are? You just have to go no matter what. Um, you know, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I've been asked that many times. And I just think it's because I've, I've been playing guitar and singing since I was eight years old, so right. And um, when I was given that news, it was you know the, in the early '90s after having you know success with Cinderella, and we were on our third album, probably at the peak of our career at that point on Heartbreak Station and on tour. And my voice just disappeared like overnight. And then I was given that news. Uh, actually, it took two years for them to come to the 
that diagnosis because all the doctors I went to were looking for more common vocal cord ailments that are easily visual, you know, that they can see yeah. visually on their scope and they can laser off a node or that. And, and they didn't see any of that. So, uh, I eventually, yeah. a doctor, uh, eventually a doctor ran a different kind of test and it was a neurological one. And he said, you suffered a partially paralyzed vocal cord. Wow. And I uh, said, I'd never sing again. So yeah, I think it was just hard for me. You know, the strength came from saying, you know, am I going to give into this and, and stop doing what I've done since I was eight years old, or am I going to try and find a solution? So uh, the solution that was offered to me was to work with speech. There's no medical cure for it, pill or yeah. surgery. So um, they said, you know, if you, if you have any chance of prayer, sing in the way you did before singing at all, even, you know, you have to work with speech pathologists and work your way up to holding pitches and then work with vocal coaches and try and tra- retrain the vocal cord. So I've been doing that for like a long time. <laughs> like you, yeah, right. yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, that video there, made me there, realize there, that. Yeah, there were a lot of years that I was less than my voice, and um, you know, but I think I've, well, you know, what I've learned over the years with I went to every coach I could go to and learned as much as I could. I have an exercise routine and therapy routine for my voice now that seems to make it work properly. So fingers crossed. Um, Hell yeah. And the surgeries were all, the surgeries were all to repair collateral damage. Um, cause I was, it's diff- so difficult to sing with a paresis that you tear the cords up. So I've, wow, yeah. I've had to have them lasered back together. So, but I'm well, assuming yeah. that everything is, is good and on par now because the record sounds fantastic. Is that correct? Oh, thanks. Thank you. Thank you. We had a lot of fun making it. Made it with the new band that we've been touring together for six years since the release of The Way Life Goes. That that band came together um, to be the, the touring band behind that record because I was made with session players. So they ended up to be set with uh, session players. And when we when it ended up turning out to be a, an actual record and got a record deal and it was released, we formed this band to, to tour. Uh, behind that record, and we've just been on the road relentlessly for six years, and have really become a band and grown our chemistry. And last year, we decided it was time to make a record. So it was really, really fun to make the record with a band that you know we, we've got so many shows under our belt that the, the chemistry was great. I know, uh, I know that last record was probably in my rotation daily for probably more than a year. I loved it. And I didn't think you would be able to top it. And this one definitely, I think takes it in a newer, I don't know, a newer direction. I think was that intentional. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Well, I think sonically we're definitely setting out to, um, try and, uh, you know, have a, a fresh sound, you know, above, uh, you know, to me, the, the rawer the sound is, the it always, it's fresh, you know? So we, we went for a raw kind of live energy. Right. And I've, I've always been a fan of trying to avoid the pitfalls of the studio, making things too slick or, or overproduced. And we really, really shot away from that on this record. Um, I've been doing that for a while, really starting with the Heartbreak Station record, because I think, you know, um, processing of records and records being very wet and slick was a big thing in the 80s. And we certainly had a couple records early on that were that way, but... Had, um, I, I, I kind of like the role in this better. Oh, I 100% um, agree. Yeah, I, so, in my notes, you first we took, that's the first we took on this record for sure. And 
and let Netflix live. You know, we cut, we tried to capture live energy, and we set up in a very small studio, all in the same room, put the headphones on, hit record, looked each other in the eye, and just went for it. And nice. Even, <laughs> That's so good. Even some, even some of my vocals um, are from the from the tracking sessions. Amazing. Um, most of the rhythm section stuff from the drums up through the guitars and the keyboards, a lot of that is live from the tracking sessions too. So we, we, that was our goal. I mean, we did some overdubs, but I would say this is the least amount of overdubs I've ever done on the record. So That's awesome. We tried, it, we really tried to preserve the, the performance. So. Yeah, in my notes when I was going through the record and kind of prepping for the interview, I wrote this down and I think it kind of describes how I felt about the record. I say, you can hear the 80s influence, but it sounds nothing like the 80s. It sounds fresh and new. You could hear some young kids playing these tracks and be all over the radio, you know? And uh, and that's kind of like when I listened to it, the first time I thought I had the wrong song on, <laughs> to be honest with you. Because <laughs> I, I, I wasn't ready for that style of production from you, personally, because uh-huh. it was so big sounding. And yeah. the guitar the guitars were so dry and in your face. And yet, so clean. It was. It was really unbelievable. Well, and then that, I mean, I, much of that sonic energy, I credit to uh, our Savannah and I co-produced this with our friend Kyle O'Connor, who is is actually our front of house engineer that mixes us live. Oh, cool! And he is a he is a incredible engineer, and you know, live engineers don't always translate well into the studio, but he actually does. Nice. He works both worlds very well. So that was really advantageous to us because he witnesses the band every night from the front of the house position and he knows when we're clicking and when we're on and he knows the energy le- where the energy level is capable of going. So he's he's more familiar with the band than anyone. So it was just, it really, really worked out well. He brought a lot to, to the production and, and the sound you're talking about. You know, he's just really brilliant engineering. So... Oh, like when I put it on, I I just wasn't ready for that. Like I just the the guitars are just so in your face. I just it, it almost <laughs> it almost seems three dimensional, you know. But um, oh, well, good, good dimension is good. Yeah, another song that really stuck out to me quite a bit was "Waiting on the Demon," just because of the way that vocal is, and and it's like over compressed in the way that your your breath is louder than your voice, so it almost feels like you're whispering in 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 the person's ear. And, and and you do some really interesting kind of vocal things that, you know, you see a lot of electronic music producers trying to achieve that style of vocal effects, but you're actually just singing it. And it, it yeah, becomes, well, that, that's, that's one of the songs that, uh, honestly, that entire track, other than the lap steel solo, I overdubbed the lap steel solo. Everything else is live off the, that, that is a performance off the track and your vocal, everything. Yeah, yeah. So, um, and it's, uh, you know, it's, you know, and many, many of the songs are, but that, that one's like, like a hundred percent. I mean, we just went for the vibe and vocals and everything. And, you know, I I couldn't play two instruments at once. I played the acoustic guitar (laughs) when we were tracking. And then, and then we later decided to to overdub the, uh, you know, we wanted to put the lap steel solo when I did that. And, and I'll say, I will say too that Tony's, um, electric guitar because he was playing acoustic when we tracked and that that was overdubbed so there's there's two overdubs on that and uh so then and i sang that as we were tracking it and that's uh, that's a live performance that's all awesome. it's really it's really crazy though for someone that's gone through the vocal stress that you've gone through and you're pulling off that that type of vocal you know like 
you, you hear that those like you're kind of going into falsetto and back and around all over the place there and it, it almost sounds like it's an effect but you know that it's not it's, it's really really interesting i've never heard anything like that before so i just wanted yeah to that, that one out. that one well thank you it's, that one goes through um, pretty much every register of my voice from the bottom to the top i mean that one kind of crosses the melody and key kind of goes the whole end of, of my three different registers so um, I think that's what you're referring to. Yeah, that is what I'm referring to. It's just the way that you go through the registers. It just sounds so unique, really. So I, I think it's just awesome. What kind, um, of, what kind of touring plans do you have with this? I, I know you're doing shows here and there. Are you going to take this out on the road full-time? And how does that affect your your voice? Is there something you have to take time in between? or Does that make sense? Um, yeah, well, I definitely have a regiment that I have to be really, it's pretty strict, um, everything from rest and hydration and diet. And, uh, but the, the main thing is the, uh, the warmups and the vocal exercises. I do about an hour before every show. And then oh, wow. Short cool down. There's a short cool down after the show. That's kind of a therapy thing that stretches out and calms the cords down. So that's very important. And 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 those that therapy and exercise speaks to more than just the vocal cords because singing is really your whole body, particularly the core and the breathing. So those exercises get all that stuff opened up and warmed up, so you got full support. So that's crucial. And then obviously because the shows are physically demanding and they're hot, that you know you just have to take care of yourself. Right. You got to <laughs> hydrate. You got to rest. I mean, I I I have issues with dehydration. Because I have asthma, so um, I, I tend to sweat more because it's uh, asthma and get short of breath. So I've, I've been hospitalized for dehydration when it comes and I can count. Oh, wow. Um, and so, well, that's a Gatorade. <laughs> 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 so the uh, the last thing I have, and I don't know what Chris has after this, but are you planning on doing a a, a lengthy tour or hitting the road? Uh, well, we just did a six-week leg to kind of kick off the you know, a few of those weeks were leading up to the release of the record and we've got some more. We're home for a short break and we're going out in October. Um, I think we're going to take a short break over the the holidays and maybe the early winter, but we're planning on the, a lot more touring next year behind the record. But we've already done um, six, seven weeks already and we've got, right. we've got some more coming up this year. So, Well, I'm going to turn right. it over to Chris, but I want to thank you for keeping it up because I've been a fan since the early 80s and um, it's amazing to see you still doing it, putting out relevant, amazing records. So thank you. Well, thank you. And thanks for still listening. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I'll tell you, you changed my life. So I saw you guys in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada in, uh, for the heartbreak station tour. I've never seen a band sound that good. And every band I've seen since I always compare to that one show. So I would like oh, to cool. thank, I'd like to thank you for that. And, and also for keeping rock alive. I mean, this record, yeah, it's probably it's it's really one of the best things I've ever heard you do. So, oh, thanks, thank you. You know, um, I I don't I mean I could ask questions all day, but I don't want to keep you all day. So I, I would like to say I appreciate your time and and thanks very much. I want to thank you so much, Tom, and good luck with the record, good luck with the tour, and uh, thanks again. Thanks so much, appreciate it. Be well, thanks, Tom. Have a good day, man. You too. Right, be well. Bye. Bye. Cheers. The number.
number you have reached is 100.7 WMMS. It wasn't just a radio station, it was a lifestyle. Cleveland is, is a rock and roll city for sure. Yeah! Yeah! The Wrath of the Buzzer. WMMS. Cleveland. The rise and fall of one of the most iconic radio stations in America. Profiles. The Wrath of the Buzzard. P-R-O-H Files. Subscribe now wherever you get podcasts.